This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. After what we saw on Raw, it would be terrible of me if I didn't pay my own tribute to John Cena. So, I mean, this was meant to be a baseball hat, but after looking around my house, I realised I don't own one. And also, that's right, I've got my trusty musical instrument, so let's do it together. Three, two, one. (laughs) If that was ever John Cena's entrance music... I don't think he would have been the star he is today. That's right, this episode of Raw was all about John Cena, and I'll tell you now for free, mostly because it's YouTube, it was pretty damn emotional. But what about the rest of the show? Well, we take the finger of power, and we give the good bits an up, and I believe we give the bad bits a down. WWE really likes John Cena because this episode Raw started with him coming to the arena and every single person on the roster just welcoming him and going, oh, John, John, we love you so much. You're the best. We can't live without you, John. And him being like, you all got to calm down. That last bit didn't happen. I liked all of this, though, because he has reached that level. He's now in that upper echelon that only a few get to. And there were some good jokes here as well. Like, Becky Lynch was waving, but she had her stupid glasses on. Because, of course, she's depressed these days. What a way to kick things off. And then Raw went weird. Because, of course, it did. Just from nowhere, we were having a last chance money in the bank qualifier battle royal. And I was like, where did that come from? And even more ridiculous, Riddle was in it. And do you remember how a week ago, Riddle had his own qualifying match and he lost to Omos? That's right, you know. There was a ton of people in this as well, obviously. But the only ones that got entrances were Shinsuke Nakamura, the Mysterios, and Riddle himself. And then halfway through, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. AJ Styles in it and he wasn't allowed to get an entrance. Like he's not one of the best wrestlers ever. So when you take all the stuff with Riddle, the fact that this did just go poof, here I am now. And what we did to the phenomenal one, you do have to give it a down. Because I spent the first five minutes of Raw asking questions. Nobody answered them down. However, fair play to WWE for rectifying this. Because everything we did do a week ago was stupid. That's right, it was stupid. Riddle is clearly super over right now. And clearly people are engaging with him. 
So you don't have him in one of the biggest matches of the year. You find a way to make him a star player. And he doesn't have to win, but he should be competitive. I did have some other worries, though, including the one with Veer, who we're meant to fear. That's what he told us seven days ago. And while here, he did chuck a couple of people out, eventually he just got eliminated. And it didn't feel like that big a deal at all. We have to keep our eye on this one, but again, I have concerns. It was around this time I realized Ricochet was in it too, so I was like, bang, bang, bang. The brand split is absolutely dead. And for some reason, Shanky and Jinder Mahal were working together, even though they have fallen out over the last month. And this made Shanks look really stupid, because of course Jinder screwed him over and threw him over the top rope. Why don't you just stick to dancing? The final four were eventually AJ Styles, Ricochet, The Miz, and Riddle. And after Styles had gotten rid of Shay, it actually looked like we may have a bit of a tete-to-tete between Riddle and Styles. However, before this, The Miz had pretended to be injured. And this is when he snuck back in there and he screwed over AJ Styles and he chucked him over the top rope. At least that's what I would like to be saying, because instead, AJ went to hit the final forearm by hopping over that thing. So Miz just pulled him to the floor. Now that made him look like an absolute absolute chump. But thankfully, there was no other shenanigans. Riddle eventually threw out The Miz. He is now going to Money in the Bank and flubbed me sideways. What a hard road this was to get to where we needed to be. This was all right. And then my heart broke. Because I was so excited for Kevin Owens versus Elias or Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel or Kevin Owens versus Elrod. But we were told this was not now going to be happening this evening. Now, Nobody told us why, because they never did. And I can only presume that Kevin Owens wasn't on the show because he's injured or he's ill. So I sent all best wishes to him. I was just so damn disappointed. Although bravo to WWE, because it goes to show how good this storyline is. But I really wanted it. And I didn't get it. We also had this ridiculous segment with the Street Profits because they went up to John Cena backstage. They were like, John, John, please teach us your ways like he's Mr. Miyagi or something. Because even though they have defeated the Usos, it's always been by ridiculous means. He basically just went, believe in yourself, you're the Street Profits. They went, oh, well, this is the greatest information ever. Now, don't get me wrong. I liked all of these. When you actually listen to what they're saying... It was gibberish. We really went in on this return too, as we've already made clear, because throughout the evening, we also had a bunch of these two camera videos. Now, the obvious people were here. We had Triple H, we had Shawn Michaels, we had JBL, we had Stone Cold Steve Austin, but we also had Daniel Bryan, that guy is back, The Big Show and Chris Jericho. As it turned out, apparently WWE reached out to Tony Khan and Tony Khan said, of course, I'd love for them to do all of this. Honestly, I much prefer this to the whole war, war, blood, murder, let's kill everything. It's just so nice to see people playing together. And then Montez Ford defeated Jey Uso, probably using the advice of John Cena. That's fine. I mean, this is just the next step in the Street Profits versus the Usos feud. And basically, WWE has realized recently, oh yeah, we better have Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins win some matches. Otherwise, no one's actually going to believe they'll win the tag team titles at Money in the Bank. There was also countless distractions by Dawkins and Jimmy throughout all of this, because who needs rules in WWE? And by the end of it, it literally went dive, 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 big dive, one, two, three, because Montez Ford hit his wonderfully looking frag splash and he got the tree. So will they win at the weekend? I absolutely doubt it, but I shall give it an up. And no, not in a million years does this get on the clean finished counter because beforehand, like I say, it may as well have been a flipping four way. And I gotta be sort of strict with this stuff. Otherwise, what is the point? I'm also officially concerned about the judgment day. I mean, they weren't even on the show last week. And ever since Edge has been kicked out of the group, 
just kind of feels like WWE doesn't really care. At least they were here this week and Finn Balor and Damian Priest went to find the Mysterios and they were like, hi, Ray, you should be really upset. Everybody walking around going, John Cena, 20 years, but we're coming up to your 20 year anniversary and you're a pretty legendary wrestler and yet nobody cares. They also wanted to know, given how successful he had been, why is his son Dominic so crap? That's basically what they said. And they even insinuated that he was a terrible father. So, of course, Rey Mysterio got all riled up. And at one point, it looked like Dommy was going to attack the Judgment Day, but he didn't. And then Dad did indeed issue a challenge for next week. Because why wouldn't you do that? Somebody has just insulted you. You don't want to fight them now. Give it seven days. And when I sit down and think about it, I actually think Dominic should turn on his father, like a Star Wars or something, and join this group because I just think it would be a little bit different. At the moment, the Mysterios aren't doing much of anything. As I hold them in my hand, we shall wait and see. Now, is there more loving videos for John Cena that we've already discussed? But it was time for Ms. TV. Flipping Ms. TV. And if you were looking for sense this week too, well, you didn't get it. And in around about two minutes, I realized, oh, wait, no, it's not Ms. TV. It's just Kevin Patrick interviewing The Miz, which begs the question, why wasn't it Miz TV? The whole point here, though, was that Miz was asked about the fact that Logan Paul is training for his big WWE return. He posted some stuff on social media. And The Miz went, well, where do you think he got the ring? And why do you think he's doing this? I had a word with him, and we're going to team up again probably at SummerSlam. So you remember at WrestleMania when The Miz turned on Logan Paul? You were wasting your time even caring about that little bit because we've just gone boop and we kicked it out the window. And you just know it's going to happen again after that match. And this time you'd be like, well, I can't possibly care about this because I don't trust it. And it actually does look like we're doing a feud between AJ Styles and The Miz. Because after this, The Miz went, oh yeah, that AJ guy, he's a massive prick. They then started talking about testicles because we've already addressed this before. There was a funny skit with Maurice about a month ago and somebody in the back thought it was so hilarious, we just have to get it over and over again. And I've just got to level with you. i just got to tell you the truth. I don't care if somebody has big balls. I don't care if somebody has small balls. I don't care if somebody has average balls. They're just testicles and i got bigger problems in my life. All of this upset AJ too because he came out and just beat up The Miz. And you do have to give this a down, especially because after that thing, we were just having the match. The real issue with this one is that it went around about 10 minutes and it was decent for what it was. And then just as AJ Styles was going to go for the roll of forearm, Miz just went, no, don't want to get hit in the face. See ya, pal. I'm going to walk to the back. And I started spinning around thinking to myself, I believe that was a waste of my life. I mean, honestly, it was like Maurice was shouting from the aisle way. Honey, honey, if you come back here right now, she's got a weird voice. If you come back here right now, you're going to get a lifetime supply of ice cream. It's like, oh man, I love ice cream. In fact, that would have been better. Then you could have come up with this story where the Miz is obsessed with ice cream and he loves ice cream more than he loves wrestling. I mean, it. WWE should do that. And it's getting it down. And talking of stupid things... We then got the best nonsense. Casina bumped into Ezekiel backstage. And while at first it looked like he was going to be like, why are you doing this, Elias? He didn't. And he started to play along. And I tell you, this is just the greatest storyline of all time. He even asked where Elias was and Zeke said that he's showing Elrod around. And the only sad part here is I was just desperate to see that match with Kevin Owens. Please give it to me on SmackDown. It ended with Johnny reminding Ezekiel to never forget who he was. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And when he did turn around, who was looking at him right in the face? It was Theory. Now, this has been teased for ages, and I'm still not 100% sure what the plan is. But my word, did we allow Theory to eviscerate this man? He just yelled in John Cena's face, you're a piece of crap. I don't like you, and I would beat you in the ring. 
and John just looked at him. And I will tell you this, given it was only like a 30 second segment, thought it was rather effective. Theory tried to take a selfie at one point and Cena just walked off. And I tell you, this is what we should do. Let them have a match at SummerSlam or whatever pay-per-view premium live event that you choose and have Theory win. Because if you sing about it enough, that will be a massive deal. And as we're pushing this guy anyway, that will probably get him in a cannon and elevate him to the moon. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and then Bianca Belair and Carmella had their segment I don't want to be this guy but it really does feel like a filler feud it started with Bianca in the ring saying that Carmella was an idiot so maybe she'd idiot her way to the ring so Carmella did come out and say no I'm not an idiot but I do deserve some more respect Probably does. She then pretended she was going to leave, but she tried to blindside Bianca. But thankfully, we do have a smart babyface champion. So she beat Carmella up and she threw her out the ring. And put your hands up if you'd be willing to bet your life that Belair is going to win on Saturday. Now put your hands down. What are you doing betting your life on wrestling? It's not worth it. And there's no way you can argue that WWE couldn't be doing more than this. But it was fine. It was all right. It didn't offend me. And I actually think they will have a decent match. When we get to the other side of the weekend, I don't think we're going to be going back to this. And are you ready for this too? Because I promised it happened. Because Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan were in the back and they said, even though they're friendly towards each other, they're not friends because they can't trust anyone. And I was like, ah, I see what's going on here. One of you has been cast in the new Batman movie as the new Riddler. Morgan then said she would murk Bliss at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and because it was John Cena and I also said my time is now. And this is when Alexa took her Lily doll and she pooped Liv Morgan on the nose. And I'm just going to level with you. I could take more poops in wrestling. I liked it when Chris Statlander used to do it. And I shall support it until the day I die. And as it turned out, this was all building up to them having a match. Whatever. Oscar was on commentary throughout all of this and it was a delight. And as ever, it went three minutes. And because Liv Morgan was winning, Alexa Bliss just beat the crap out of her until Morgan surprised her with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. It was done. This also brings me to a problem that I've been scared of because technically this counts as a clean finish. However, the whole joke, the whole reason I go the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment is because WWE uses this when they don't really want a winner and they don't want a loser. 
they just need a match finish and they don't know how to get out of it. So in that sense, no, context is king and it does not count as a clean pin. If you want to get mad at me, there's comments down there. Seriously, you shouldn't get mad about this. It's such a trivial thing. I mean, who even cares? And I kind of thought this was okay. I mean, it was just there. This run of Vince McMahon just appearing on WWE TV then continued on his walk to the ring to introduce John Cena. And it's lucky he did do that because within about three minutes I'd forgotten that Vinny was even on this show. Because flub me, John Cena is great. We went all out again because wrestlers lined the entranceway as he did come out and the fans reacted like a flipping king had arrived on the scene. And I tell you, I've said it once, I'll say it twice. John Cena is just up here now and he's never going to go back down to where he is. He is a legend and he deserves every single one of these praises. He made sure to drop in his favourite line about how he doesn't like looking to the past because he always wants to look future. And he honestly has been saying that for around about 20 years. And he really took his time here to thank the fans. And this wasn't one of those promos where you just go, oh man, I thank you so much. He truly meant this was getting all emotional. The crowd then thanked him too and there was a really nice moment where he said, hey, you guys have made me a better professional, a better wrestler and a better human being. And I'm sure some of that is learning how to not conduct yourself in public. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm referencing those crazy people on Twitter. He then hit the tease button and said now that he is 45 years old, he doesn't know when he's going to wrestle again. But then as the crowd started to go, one more match, he went, I promise you there'll be more than one. So that was great. And really, that is that. I mean, Sting is 63 and jumping off entrance ways, so Johnny Boy may have a good 10 years left. And it did kind of get a bit strange because John went and hugged the kid and he just left, so there was no interruptions. But once again, the best thing about professional wrestling is when you can get that proper emotive response, and that's exactly what this was. You should go and watch it. I actually think it made John Cena an even bigger hero, and who knew that was possible? Get it up. I also assume he's going to be back sooner than we think, and this was just a big tease, probably SummerSlam. I love John Cena. He is still to this day quite underrated. And it was then the Alpha Academy versus Bobby Lashley. I mean, I don't know, why not? Theory was also the special enforcer too, so who the hell is running Raw right now and why do they hate Bobby Lashley? Because this was massively unfair and this basically went exactly how you think it would go. Bob ran wild for a while, Theory did some distraction interfering, the Alpha Academy then took over, but Bobby Lashley is too good anyway. The thing is though, Chad Gable is such a terrific wrestler, he was doing some great stuff and there was this awesome bit where Otis was going for the Vader bomb, but Lashley stood up and gave him an electric stare instead and then when Chad jumped off the top rope with a flying nothing he went into the hurt lock and he tapped out all three guys tried to jump bobby after this but you'll be surprised to hear he was able to fight them off and i think given that it is bobby lashley versus theory for the u.s title this saturday that maybe lashley should win i mean i don't think he's going to but he's so damn strong why would you do anything else and i do admit that i'm not feeling this feud at all but it ticked along nicely here so i shall give it an up and also yeah pull down the counter move it up to four this definitely counted as a clean finish i then popped out of my seat because Cody Rhodes was on Raw. Now it kind of feels like we should have advertised this beforehand, but he was talking to us from his rehab center and he talked about Money in the Bank, he talked about John Cena, he talked about Seth Rollins and he talked about his comeback. He was also putting people over like crazy here, he talked about Sheamus, talked about Drew McIntyre, he talked about Omos and even said, well they're telling me it's going to be nine months, 
but maybe it'd be a little bit sooner. He also teased that Rollins could win the Money in the Bank briefcase and cash in for a second time, much as he did at WrestleMania 31. And if that did happen, he'd be the first guy falling over here. He'd be the first guy to go up to him and say congratulations. So let's just do it. Seth Rollins does exactly this at SummerSlam. Cody Rhodes comes back, win the Royal Rumble. Next is WrestleMania. 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 I'm having some kind of brain problem. Seth versus Cody. Cody wins, become the champion. I feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Give it up. Also, given the names we've just mentioned, something we could also do before then is John Cena versus Seth Rollins, especially because here they had a little bit of a chat. They found each other in the back and Seth is just the absolute best because as he approached John, he was doing his laugh, but his laugh was done to the theme of John Cena's entrance music. So he was actually going, ha, 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 ha. It's just such a strange thing to do. Somebody give him a medal. He also reminded Cena about that time he broke his nose. And if you've never seen that, make sure you do because it is gnarly. And around at this point, John started to go, oh my gosh, and act like he was terrified. This is when Seth Rollins turned around and there was Omos. MVP joined in too and said that terrible things were going to happen at the premium live event, like Omos winning the briefcase. <laughs> I'm joking once again. I really like Omos. I think he gets a hard rap. Anyway, the point was Cena acted all like, oh my gosh, he's so tall before he did walk off. But I did enjoy all these interactions throughout the three hours. Made this roar quite fun. Then it was time for the main event. It was the last chance to get in the women's money in the bank because we don't have many people on that roster. It was an elimination match instead. And it was between Becky Lynch, Zia Lee, Doodrop, Nikki Ash, Tamina, Nobody Mina, and Shayna Baszler. But Becky won. It's also turned out to be an elimination match, so I have decided we should go through every single loss and rank where this person probably features on WWE's made-up chart. So the first one to leave was Zia Lee after Becky Lynch gave her the manhandle slam. And I'm sorry, ever since she's been called up for NXT, WWE has done nothing with Zia Lee. So on our ranking board, she's got to get a one. Nikki then got tapped out to the disarmor at this stage. I think we've got to put her up to two. And then really sadly, the next person to go was Shayna Baszler. This one really did hurt because Baszler is so good, but WWE never does anything with her. Although, do you remember when she was a vampire? And you probably got to put her around about 2.5, which is doubly disappointing because the stale goes up to 57. Tamina was then out after Dewdrop hit her with an elbow off the top rope, and that was pretty cool. But unfortunately, I think you've got to put Miss Mina at 0.5 because she literally never wins. This left Lynch the drop to battle it out, and I actually thought that was pretty good too, especially because it finished with a manhandle slam off the second rope, which in its own weird way did protect Dewdrop. It also made Becky Lynch look like a badass, so I'm going to put Dewdrop around about 34, whereas the man, <laughs> 789. And no. None of that made any sense. This also means Becky is finally going to Money in the Bank. And the only real shame there is that this is the exact same story that we're doing with Riddle. And I always like it where, you know, we don't copy storylines because why would you do that? You don't see that in other shows. However, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was a good end to Raw. Get it up. It is also a clean finish, so bring it down and mark it up to five. And surprise, surprise, because Doodrop looked like a warrior here, I didn't care that she lost to Becky Lynch. She actually probably comes out the other side being more of a badass. That is how wrestling is meant to work. Although when you look at that counter, we're up to five over two shows. <laughs> I don't think this is going to work out as intended. Which also brought us to the end of Raw. And I'm going to tell you, given that it was the go-home show for Money in the Bank, it was a little bit lackluster. But thankfully, John Cena was on this thing. And that made it all peaches and cream. Get it up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.